always ask myself the question when I'm planning and when I'm scheduling the content, why does it matter and who cares? And if I can't answer those two questions, I'm posting because I need to post and I'm posting, you know, like I'm gone, oh my God, I haven't posted in like a few days. And I'm talking about myself here, obviously, rather than my clients, because we never treat ourselves like clients, do we? So yeah, why does it matter and who cares? I think really helps me get quality content. Welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Hutchison, and I'm delighted you're here. This podcast exists to help you learn how to use organic marketing. That's marketing that costs nothing or very little to grow your business. Far too frequently, small business owners spend lots of money on advertising without getting the results they were expecting and hoping for. And it doesn't need to be that way. So here on the podcast, every week, we dive into strategies that will help you grow a business that's here for the long term sometimes on solo episodes and sometimes on longer guest episodes like this one. On today's episode, we're covering what it's like to move into the social media industry when it's a complete career switch, how sometimes the best outcomes don't have to be perfectly planned, and of course, how to make your organic content work as hard as possible for you today, when everything from the algorithm to the tools available can seem stacked against you. I met today's guest, Becky McAvoy, through an online community we're both in. Yet another way that being a joiner has paid off. And I hope you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Becky, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So for anyone who might not have come across you before, you are a social media marketer. And can you tell us a bit about your journey towards... The business that you have today? Yeah, of course. So I never really intended to own a business, if I'm honest. I kind of fell into it by accident, which I think lots of us do, particularly yep. women. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So about four years ago, I turned mine and my family's life upside down by walking out of my career without a job to go to, not just walking out of my job, actually walking out of my career without another job to go to, because I had two very young kids at the time. So they were like 18 months and four. And to be honest, I was miserable and I was fed up with the pressure of trying to have it all. Like I was in quite a high pressured, good senior job, outwardly looked really successful, you know, had a lovely young family and a a great job, well-paying job. And I was just like, no, I'm miserable. Like I'm barely seeing my kids. I'm getting the, you know, Sunday dread for Monday. And so, yeah, I turned my life upside down and walked out and I had nowhere to go. So then what happened? (laughs) So basically I was going to go straight into another job because that's who I am. I was like, right, I need to find out what I want to do. And my wonderful husband, who is amazing and is very supportive, was like, look, we've got probably two, three months where we can survive, like where we've got a little bit of savings, just suss out what you want to do. Like for the first time in your life, give yourself the headspace to suss out what you want to do. And actually at the time, and I say just, I don't mean just, but I wanted to be a mum. Like I'd cut my maternity short. I hadn't spent a lot of time with the kids. So I became a stay at home mum. But obviously we did, you know, need to pay bills and find some money. <laughs> you know, we did all kinds of things, actually. We had some foreign exchange students stay with us, made a bit of money like that. And then my friend who ran a small business basically put something out on social media saying, I need a bit of help with my business. Can you help me? So I reached out to her and I was like, I don't know what you want, but I need to make a little bit of money. Not much, but I need to make a bit to, you know, pay the bills and whatever. What do you want? And basically she had a venue. So she wanted someone to clean the venue for a couple of hours a week and 
she wanted someone to help her with the admin of her social media. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. And so I did. I started cleaning for a couple of hours a week and doing the admin on her social media. And I had this point where I was like, oh my God, like six months ago, I was a head of department, writing strategies, delivering all this stuff. There's nothing wrong with cleaning. But I was like, I'm well-educated. Like I've done all of this stuff. Yeah, I'm cleaning. What is that about? Like what's happened to my life? And basically I was also doing the admin on her social media, but because of my previous job, so I was head of advocacy and campaigning. So did a lot of engagement work, did a lot of stuff on social media. I was only doing bits and pieces for her, but I started to say, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And, you know, you could maybe think about doing this with your, con- which I probably didn't even know was content at the time, but with your content and with all of that kind of stuff. And anyway, so we started doing it. And then we had a few other local businesses say to her, what's happened to your social media? Oh my God, it's amazing. Like you're doing all of this brilliant stuff. And so she said, you know, I started working with my friend, Becky, blah, blah, blah. And she's got in touch with me and was like, can I give them your details? And I was like, oh my God, like I was just (laughs) helping you. Anyway, she did. And by the Christmas, which was like four months later, I had five clients where I was doing their social media content for them. And it all kind of started from there, really. But I kind of ran before I could walk because obviously most people don't have that where they have the clients. They they actually plan a business and, you know, like, <laughs> not always. <laughs> and anyway, so, yeah, I, so I had no processes, no systems. But two months later, we went into the pandemic. So obviously reduced a lot of the client workload. And then, yeah, very long story short, we, we started to come out the other side of the pandemic where stuff started opening up again. And I started to join memberships and communities and get to know people and try and network a little bit more. And yeah, I started to build my business and build it into kind of what it's become today, which is kind of ever growing. So changing my services and that kind of thing. But I suppose from my old job, my old job had a lot of similarities and a lot of transferable skills that I didn't really realise at the time. Yeah. And yeah, I just use a lot of that now to do social media marketing, which is great. I love that because I think so often we overlook our own skills, don't we? Because we just take them for granted. Yes, yeah. (laughs) So you mentioned, I love it, being a joiner, looking out for local networking, but also online membership things. Are there any that stand out that you can remember from that time that were really helpful for you? Yeah, so probably the first... The first one that I joined that gave me a real community feel was, who I know is a good friend of yours as well, Teresa heath has her Dream Business Club. And it was a funny one because I'd never really paid out any money for what I did either. Like, and it felt, felt scary to suddenly be like, oh my God, I can't pay this amount a month. So I'd seen her speak at an event and she was speaking about showing up and speaking and being confident. And it was definitely the stuff that was holding me back because I just think once you get over that, mindset confidence and it's a constant thing I'm not over it like you constantly work on it yeah you know I started to charge what I should probably charge I started to look at what I actually wanted to do and what I enjoyed doing so yeah Teresa's was a really big one for me I've also recently joined which I believe you're a part of as well doing it for the kids oh yeah and I was part of their free community but I was a lurker in their free community and I've joined their membership recently because a big part of what I do which I haven't said actually is I work with women-owned businesses and I work with a lot of mums and I'm quite passionate about that because I think because of the journey that I went on it's almost impossible for women to have a family chase their goals without having some kind of mental health struggle alongside it or facing some kind of discrimination or difficult situation so I love doing it for the kids as well and obviously that's not just mums that's dads as well but it's a lot of parents who are are good people and trying to do good things in the world so those are my two really key ones that I think I love and love being part of. They keep it real as well, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, which I am. I am a big fan of. I don't like a lot of the 
I was going to swear then, I'm not going to swear, a lot of the rubbish that you can hear, especially in social media marketing and the online world. So yeah, they are very real, which I love. Very, very important to find the right people and have them around you on your business journey for sure. Yes. So let's talk about social media. Obviously, I am fresh back from social media marketing world in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we'll go there together one day. Yes. But it's just underlined once again, the fact that social media is always, always changing and always evolving. Yes. What do you do, Becky, to stay on top of it all? So I think a big thing for me is I listen to a lot of podcasts. I go to events. Obviously, I went to your adventures in marketing in February. So events like that, where you're around, and it's not necessarily always that the speakers are specifically talking about keeping you up to date with stuff, but you have conversations, don't you, with people and networks. But I also, and this is an interesting one, actually, to say as a social media marketer, I get really overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that's out there and collating it all. And I was signed up to all these different newsletters and I was reading them all and doing all of this stuff. So I've now picked out some key ones and I have one of the members in my team every Wednesday goes through their newsletters and their bits and pieces and picks out the key themes for me. And then I go through that and go, right, okay, that's what I need to know to be able to do my job for my clients. And here's what, you know, my audience might need to know on social media, because they can be different as well, because I don't think small businesses need to know everything that's changing. Like some of the changes are just great, but they (laughs) they don't impact the day-to-day business. So I separate those out. So I'm quite lucky I get one of my team to do that. But yeah, so some of the key ones I look at are social media today, which I like, Matt Navarra's stuff I look at quite a lot, and The Lighthouse I really like. And again, I think a lot of that is because they keep a lot of it real as well and they make it quite simple for people yeah so I suppose it's a level of they wade through all this stuff and then I wade through deeper to see what is relevant for me perfect that makes complete sense and I think it's a really important stage to go through where you're not doing all the things yourself and you're not listening to all the other people yeah (laughs) so yeah and remembering actually even as a social media marketer I don't need to know it all yeah I need to know what I need to know to do my job and to help my community and my audience but actually I don't need to know it all and if there's something I don't know so I deliver content hours once a month and you know there's been times where I've been asked a question and gone actually, do you know what? I don't know, but I'll go away and find out for you because I know where I can find it out. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. That's completely acceptable to do that. As long as you're then going back to the person yes, and saying, oh, yes. remember you asked me this, yeah. here's the info. And <laughs> <laughs> not just leaving them hanging. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so that kind of segues neatly into your positioning as a social media manager. Obviously, you and I know both working in marketing, what a competitive industry it can be and how many people are out there offering similar services. So what would you say is your speciality when it comes to social media marketing? How do I answer this? Because this is a funny one, isn't it? Around like, what am I great at? Which is really hard to answer. (laughs) But I think what I'm increasingly learning is my speciality, which I probably underestimated as a skill, actually, when I started out, is how quickly I can switch from business to business and come up with content ideas for them. So like I said earlier, I do these content hours once a month and we can have people in there who are bookkeepers, who are nutritionists, who are marketers, who are bakers, you know, like they're completely different businesses. And I realized quite quickly, you know, like they'd ask for content ideas, they were trying to launch something or they we're trying to do something. And I can very quickly come up with ideas that are different for each business and fit to that business. So my sort of tagline is that I like to help small businesses simplify their content, show up and be heard on social media. And actually, I think that's also quite a skill in itself, because to be able to simplify it for people and to help them make complicated things simple, I suppose, 
Yeah, so that's another part of it. And then I think the final part is probably, which is one of the things I love the most, is the ability to get people to stop hating it. Because a lot of small businesses I work with do hate it. And actually, I'd love them to love it, but they don't need to love it. I just don't want them to hate it. And I want them to find a way that's manageable. And actually, it's a funny one because all three of those things I've mentioned, I think probably a year ago, I wouldn't have seen as skills necessarily. And actually, I'm realising now that's who I am and what I do. And not everyone can do that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And interesting when you talk about, because I think you and I are very similar in terms of we really want people to enjoy social media (laughs) and we really believe that it is possible. And for me, that feeling for my clients often comes when they start seeing the results. What kind of results are you looking for when you're managing the accounts of your clients? So I think And again, this is an interesting one, because I suppose with a lot of the questions that you might ask or whatever, my answer to what I'm looking for for the clients where I do it for them might be different to the answer that I give to clients I'm helping do it themselves. Because obviously the clients who it costs a lot more for me to do it for them and and it's me physically doing it. As it should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, as it should. And it's me physically doing it. So, you know, I am a social media expert. It's not just passing on that information. But in terms of the clients that I do their social media for them, I think the main thing I want, and again, this is probably simplifying it quite a lot, but it's a big part of what I'm about, is that the metrics are all going in the right way. Yeah. You know, like we haven't suddenly lost loads of followers. We're getting good reach. It's increasing. When you look at your insights, they're green and they're not going down. But I like to be really clear from the off that I can't guarantee results. Like I can't guarantee that they're going to suddenly make loads of money. I can't guarantee that a certain thing's going to work. And I'm also really clear that anybody that tells them they can is a liar because you can't. What I can guarantee is that I can use my expertise and my knowledge and keeping up to date with everything to put the right things in place. So for my done for you clients, I think that's it. That The things are going in the right way and that we're looking at the right metrics as well. Because I think you can, especially as a social media marketer, you can go on some schedulers and there's so many analytics on it. And actually, I had a really interesting conversation with a scheduler feed alpha the other week, which I hadn't heard of before. Mm. So I'm really interested to hear what you're going to say here, because we nearly switched to feed alpha for our agency. And then I went to social media marketing world and spoke to Metricool. And we've switched to them instead. So let me hear what you're going to say about Feed Alpha. Ah, see, I love that because I've looked at Metricool in the past as well. At the moment, I'm using Agorapulse. Agorapulse is brilliant, but I quite often have to say to, you know, like if I'm on a content hour, I wouldn't recommend it to the average business. I'd recommend it to somebody who has clients and who has to do a lot of reporting and that kind of stuff. But what I'm really keen to do is find a scheduler that I can also, you know, like recommend to people who just want to schedule their social media. That's all they really want to do with it. So as you probably know, and my listeners should hopefully definitely know, I have been a massive Content Cal fan for years. Content Cal has been bought over by Adobe and will not be available as a tool beyond tomorrow at time of recording. Oh, wow. End of March 2023. So Adobe have bought it over. And if you are a solopreneur, you can now use Adobe Express, not only for all your design needs, which I use it for, but you can also use it for your content scheduling needs. So we use Adobe Express now for scheduling the content for our own personal business. However, at the moment, you cannot use it if you're an agency. So you can only have one brand on there, but that will be changing in future. And when that changes, 
I fully expect to be going back to Adobe for all of our clients. See, and I think that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I do say to people a lot, a lot of it is about personal preference and what you like things looking like and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, Adobe is another one I need to have a look into, actually. But one of the things I really liked about Feed Alpha was actually they were quite proud about the fact that they've just tried to simplify it, even for social media marketers. I mean, obviously, this was all with a conversation with them, so I haven't used it yet or looked at it or anything. But they've listened to what people actually want to report to clients, what their clients want to hear, what you need to know. And they've stripped a lot of the rest of it back. And I quite like that. And I know it's a bit controversial as a social media marketer because I could go out and really wow a client with all of these stats. But realistically, most of them don't care about it. They just want to know they're getting the results. Because obviously, you know, like I've said, I can't guarantee results. One of the other things I like to know that I'm getting for clients is lead generation because it should be creating like good strategy will create lead generation. But I also say and work with the client on the social media will get you the lead generation, but it won't necessarily convert them to buy or to become a client or to whatever, because your process is beyond that. Your social media is sort of like your shop window that's like, oh, yeah, I want to know more. But actually, in terms of the reports that they need, as long as they're getting, you know, if they're paying me to do it for them, especially if they're getting decent sales, they don't really care about, you know, X, Y, Z metric. They want to know that their engagement's good. They want to know that their followers are growing. They want to know that it all looks positive. So that was one of the things I liked about Feed Alpha. The other thing I liked about Feed Alpha, which is what I said earlier, is a personal preference. I'm a very visual person. So I like to see things, you know, like I like the grid views when I'm scheduling because I like to see what the grid looks like and whatever. And Feed Alpha's from what they showed on screen was very, very visual. Agorapulse has a grid view, but I do struggle with a little bit in there. But that's totally down to my own, you know, like how I like to work. So yeah, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? There's not a perfect one. So for me as a marketer who has clients, I need the level of reporting that I need to be able to show them that. But I think as long as generally they're pretty happy, if we'd suddenly lost a load of followers, I think they start asking questions. But I do think I generally send them the report and they're like, okay, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, basically it's as long as things are going the right way, we are generating leads, we are growing an audience and we're seeing good engagement. And if we're not, it's not necessarily... I think one thing can work one month and then it, you know, well, from doing it yourself, it can change and that you do constantly have to mix it up. So I think it's looking in at those and going, right, okay, this is working. Let's try it again. And if it works, brilliant. If it doesn't, it's like, oh, right, well, let's tweak this, this and this bit. And how do you treat every social media platform? Do you treat them differently? Is there different content on there depending on the platform? Can you give us an insight as to how you work? Again, I'm very much about simplifying it. So I think it depends on what you want to achieve from it. So I'm quite annoying when somebody asks me a question. Like when somebody comes to me as a customer or a client and asks me a question, I ask about 100 questions back before I answer it. (laughs) Same, Becky, same. That's the only way to be. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) exactly. But because you can't give them a bespoke answer. So for example, like you saying, do you treat them all the same? For some clients, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, depending on what I'm trying to to achieve and I think that's a bit of a cop-out answer but it's also the truth isn't it so it's the truth yeah so yeah I think in a lot of cases you know like I do say to people it's totally fine to cross post you can obviously change the image size you know again one of my questions will be how much time have you got to create content if you've got a lot of time then definitely change the size of the images make sure you know what it looks like on there so it is readable and all that kind of stuff but a lot of it stays the same and generally what I do is I use Asana to plan all my content so I plan it out generally for the month and one of my custom fields on there is what platform does this go on? So sometimes I do look at it and go, actually, I'm not going to post that on LinkedIn because it's not overly, not there's anything wrong with posting personal content on LinkedIn. And actually, I'm a big fan of that. But sometimes it's just not relevant, is it? Yeah. And it's the kind of audiences that you're going to have on there as well. So it's very bespoke depending on what I want to achieve. 
And in terms of like advice to other people, like I said, it's generally asking 10, 20 questions back of like, how much time have you got? What do you want to actually get from it? But I think a really, really big thing for me is if it's going to stop you posting, then just do it the same. Like if cross posting helps you get stuff out there, then the first hurdle is to get stuff out there. And it's a bit like, you know, I could tell you how I create content for clients, but that is all singing or dancing because that's literally what they pay me for to go into all of that level of detail. Yeah. But again, the average business just getting some content out for themselves, I wouldn't say to do all of that. So my big thing is if it's going to stop you doing it, cross post it. If you've got loads of time, definitely tweak the caption, tweak the call to action, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think there's anything wrong with cross posting as long as you're not saying something, you know, <laughs> absolutely. well, if you're saying something that's inappropriate, it's probably inappropriate for all platforms. <laughs> so, yeah. For all platforms. Yeah. And when it comes to quality content, because I think this is at the absolute heart of what everybody listening is going to be searching for when it comes to their social media. I don't know about you, but for me, the sign of quality content before I've even seen how it's performed is how I feel when I'm creating it. Yes. And how I feel when it is going out there. So I schedule a lot and I also create kind of spur of the moment content as well. And if I feel nervously excited and a bit kind of butterfly in the stomach about a piece of content and I don't know quite which way it's going to go, that is normally the content that gets the best response. Yes. So talk to me about your kind of feelings about how you identify quality content and what works well for you and your clients. Yeah. And I love that, like that butterfly feeling, because the butterfly feeling really comes from the fact that, you know, some people are going to hate it and some people are going to disagree with you. And that's terrifying, isn't it? But the butterflies (laughs) are coming from like, how am I going to respond to those comments? But so I 100% agree with that. I also think a really big thing for me, and I've actually got it stuck on the wall in front of me on like a little card, is I always ask myself the question when I'm planning and when I'm scheduling the content, why does it matter and who cares? And if I can't answer those two questions, I'm posting because I need to post and I'm posting, you know, like I'm gone oh my god I haven't posted in like a few days and I'm talking about myself here obviously rather than my clients because we're never treat ourselves like clients do we yeah yeah so yeah why does it matter and who cares I think really helps me get quality content because if I can answer why it matters because it helps somebody or somebody will relate to it or someone will find it useful or whatever and who cares well the my audience need to care if it's irrelevant to them it's not going to be quality content so Again, it's a very simplified answer, but I think it's a really good way of making sure you're posting the right stuff. And it's a very good way for me to sense check myself on, are you posting for the sake of it? Because you need to get something out there. Absolutely. But one of the other things I was going to say, which is, and I don't, I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this, actually, because I know people disagree on this and there's actually quite a strong feeling that you shouldn't do it. So I did some training around marketing when I, like marketing specific, when I came into my business and it was psychology driven marketing. One of the things that I was told, and I've heard it said by a lot of people now, is people don't care about you. They don't care about your personal stuff. They care about their problems and solving their problems. And so you shouldn't be putting personal stuff out there. And I've seen it again this week and it gets me into a real, and probably because I put a lot of personal stuff out there. I'm big on normalizing the highs and lows of being a business owner, a woman, a mum. And I do put lots of stuff out there and I know it resonates with my audience. I know I get really good engagement from it. And so I'm sort of trying to start this like rebellion against people do care about you. And if they don't, I don't want to work with them. (laughs) 
(laughs) So another thing, like not to say put absolutely anything out there, like you've got to put what you're comfortable with. But I think sharing the personal side of it is good as well. I've had a lot of clients come to me and say, I really like your vulnerability, actually. I like that you're very open. And I think a big part of, which I didn't say earlier, actually, when you were talking about you know, it's a competitive market, who you choose and whatever. I think a big part of choosing who helps you with your social media is that you have to like them and you have to align with them. You have to align with their values. And a really interesting, well, I say really interesting, I find it interesting, the story that I tell quite a lot. I put out an opinion that was relatively political about something on my business page. It wasn't party political, but it was about a decision that had been made. And I won't go into the details of the decision, but I'd put out my viewpoint on it. And someone in my husband's work came to him and said, oh, I saw Becky put out this post. That was brave. And he was like, what do you mean that was brave? And she was like, well, you know, quite divisive to put out an opinion that strong on something. And he was like, that it literally aligns with all of her values. If somebody doesn't agree with that, she doesn't want to work with them. Like She doesn't want to work with somebody that yeah. like that goes so fundamentally against her core values. So I think that's not necessarily about quality content, but I think as well, not being afraid to put yourself out there. And I lost followers off of putting that out there, but those weren't my people mm-hmm. and they didn't align yeah. with what I think. So I think as well, slightly different from quality, but don't be afraid to show who you really are and show what you believe because what you don't want is to end up, well, if you're service-based, working with people who don't align with you or agree with you because that's only going to cause problems down the line anyway so yeah I I don't know how you feel about sort of personal stuff no I 100% agree with what you're saying so the the point about putting out controversial content just goes back to an absolute fundamental of marketing which is if you try to talk to everybody you're talking to nobody yes yeah so you need to be divisive at times not just for the sake of it yeah but you need to develop your opinions and you need to try and develop being comfortable sharing those opinions And to your earlier point about sharing personal content, again, 100% agree. More and more and more these days, people are buying into the person behind the brand. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a competitive marketplace. And like you say, people are going to identify with certain aspects of your personality. You know, if you're running a team, when people come to work with us, they're not just coming to work with me. You know, they're coming to work with the wider team when we're doing done for you services. But... I am the owner and the founder of the business. And if they don't identify and resonate with me, then the chances are they're not going to get on with my way of working, you know, with the rest of the team, the people I choose to surround myself with. Yeah. And again, if you are just putting out content that you feel you should be putting out, then you're holding yourself back. Yeah. You're holding back aspects of your life, your interests, your personality, and you are not going to attract the people who will really be drawn to those things when you do start sharing them. So yeah, I disagree with that. (laughs) Whoever said that. I think, again, if you ask yourself that question, why does it matter and who cares? Like actually in that instance, why does it matter? Well, actually, this is a really awful thing that's just happened. It shouldn't be happening in the world and people need to know about it and do something about it. So I'd put, you know, like an action that people could take off the back of it. Who cares? Well, the people that care are my people. So if you don't care about it, you're not. But you do have to then be strong in that some people won't like it. And on a lesser example, like I put out a Mother's Day post the other day to my (laughs) mum. Which was a nice little post and obviously isn't like overly relevant to social media marketing. But family is a core value in my business. And actually, my mum is one of my biggest inspirations. 
So actually, you know, again, that why does it matter? Well, actually, family is one of my core values. So it personally and professionally, so it matters. Who cares? Well, the people that I work with and help are mums and people who are likely to also highly value family and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think in terms of the quality content, that question is very simple, but really helps. If you can answer both those things, then I think you're putting out quality content. And if the answer to the second question is nobody, (laughs) nobody cares, do not post. (laughs) Stand down immediately. Nobody cares. What are you doing with? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. We're definitely in agreement there. Okay, so Becky, it's been an absolute joy to chat to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can you let our listeners know where they can find you and your quality content online? Yes, of course. I'm on all the social platforms as social media marketers are, but I mostly hang out on Instagram, which is at Socials. So yeah, come find me there. I've got all the things you'd expect, like email communities and my website is beheardsocials.com. So either come find me on Instagram and you'll find all my links to stuff and my website to find out more about the services that I offer and all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing so freely and openly today. And I will see you very soon. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'll be back next week, this time with a solo episode where I'll be asking you the question, what do you do when your business becomes too busy? I know we can often feel conditioned to hustle and hustle hard to get as much work as possible. But what if that's not the best way to make more money? And what if there was an easier way? Find out with me next Friday at 7am when I hope you'll join me again. Until then, have a great week, take care of yourselves and keep marketing.